Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code, brought to you by Electrical Code Academy Incorporated. So, on today's episode, I am answering questions because I am getting flooded with email questions after I put it out there that I'm more than happy to answer people's code questions, get another opinion. It uh, doesn't matter what it is, just send me an email and I'm more than happy, you know, kind of give me the gist of your question. Doesn't have to be too detailed, but you got to give me enough to go on. So I've got one here. And um, so this question came to us and asked us, uh, I asked me about non-metallic sheath cable. Now it's non-metallic sheath cable by many names. For example, uh, some manufacturers, they call it Aromax. Uh, that's a trade name that's, that's owned by another, a company that manufactures it. And of course, the real name of it is non-metallic sheathed cable. And that's the, that's the real name. Um, so when we, we do this, you have to understand that this is a dry location product only. Now it's listed under UL 719, not that you need to know that, but that is the actual standard that the manufacturers make non-metallic sheath cable to. In other words, when it's getting constructed. Okay. So the copper itself, the conductive component, that gets made in accordance with what's called an ASTM standard. So that has to do with the, uh, American wire gauge, drawing that copper out or whatever and, and, and intaking it. But once you do that, the ASTM standard gives, take, leaves off. And then, of course, the UL standard for insulating it and, and then compiling it together to create a cable system. That's when UL kicks in. Uh, and then so you create it to what's called a UL ANSI standard, which are published standards. Uh, and then, of course, you have to have a third party referred to as a NERTL or Nationally Recognized Testing Laboratory. And it can be UL, ETL, or whatnot, whoever you're willing to pay to do that testing. And what they're doing is making sure that you actually made the product under the initial UL ANSI standard. Okay, So that third party then allows you to be able to put the marking that you see on the sides of, of cable and wire and printing and all that kind of stuff. So that's where that comes from. Okay, I didn't need to go there, but I'm just kind of giving you the lay of the land there. So a lot of people ask me and they'll say, and this, this specific question was, what if I'm installing non-metallic sheet cable in wet studs where it was under construction and the studs got wet? So it's two kind of two questions. One is it wasn't dried in yet, uh, didn't have the Silatech or whatever that you want to call it, the I'm not a construction guy. So you have all the outer protective uh, uh, wind barriers and, and, and blanketing it in, you know, that type of thing. So, um, what happens is it got wet. And so let's look at two scenarios. The first scenario is now the electrician's got to come in and got to drill these studs. Okay. So they come in and they drill these studs and it's wet. Their concern is how will that affect non-metallic sheath cable? Uh, the reality is it won't affect the non-metallic sheet cable. Go on and install it. Drill your holes. Look, if you're okay with the fact the wood is wet and they're not requiring you to redo anything because usually the framing wood is not uh, treated, so they're okay with that, then okay, then drill your holes and pull your wire in it. Now, so that is a dry location. So the concept of understanding a dry location is if you go look at Article 100, which gives you the definitions and, of course, a good reminder to everybody that anything that's in 100, Article 100, as far as definitions, it means that it is in more than one article within the, the National Electrical Code. 
So that's kind of how it, it gets in there. Okay. All right. So we're going to go look at it. So let's real quick, I'm going to do this because this is a podcast or I like to call them a podcast. Uh, I trademarked that, right? So uh, we're going to go look at it and see what we want to do is we want to see and read the definitions. Now, the definitions have to do with, with locations. Okay. So if you're looking at it and, and I'm going to do my best to not keep saying, okay, I have a tendency to do that and I just, it's a habit. And I got ready to say it again. All right, so when you want to look up under 100 for definitions, you'll have what's called locations because we're talking about the location to which we're installing this product. And it will be a damp location, a dry location, and a wet location. Okay, well, non-metallic sheet cable is designed for a dry location. Now, when we say dry, we mean that it isn't intended to be dry when the construction is done. Um because during construction, there could be conditions where I might have temporarily subjected these this wiring cable system to some dampness or wetness, uh, while it, for example, while it's under construction. So the dry location says a location that is not normally subject to dampness or wetness. And it's classified as a dry location, but it might temporarily be subject. That might be under construction. It's not going to be like that for the end product or whatnot. So let's say we already installed, we, we put it in, and now it's not fully dried in, or for some reason you didn't time things right and the roof is open and what have you. So then what happens is it rains or whatnot, you get a storm, and it just pours down on that construction, and it gets the non-metallic sheet cable soaking wet. Now, if the war, evidence of water got into the boxes where the ends of the cable can get wet and it can wick up into that cable, then it's going to have to be replaced. Uh, and we're going to refer you to the NEMA standard, which is a standard for evaluating, evaluating water-damaged electrical equipment. And on NEMA's site, you can download this free document. And what it's going to tell you that if it's rated for dry location and you get water in the ends, then it's going to have to be replaced. Now... Let's say it's during construction and everything's framed in and I get a little water on it and it's dripping from one floor to the other because it leaks in because it's not all dried in yet and it drops down. Maybe some non-metallic is running horizontally through the, uh, the rafter members or through the framing member, the floor joists. That's okay. That is incidental. It's simply because we have to subject the NMB or it's, that's the trade we call it type is NMB. We have to subject that to water tests anyway, submersion and things like that. So... That's not that big an issue because it's really going to dry up and you're not an issue and it's not going to get through that sheathing. We're really worried about the ends. So let that be your guide. If you get water in the ends or somebody puts it in the back of a truck and lets it set and water gets saturated in the ends, then there's really no way to know when you can use it. I mean, you can keep cutting back the end until you get dry paper. And as long as the inspector's okay with that, they might not even, they might even know you did it. But you know what? Honesty, integrity, and all that kind of stuff comes into play because uh, if moisture's in there and something happens and we're able to detect the moisture in the paper or do some kind of testing where uh, maybe the insulation on the conductor swelled up because of the moisture, I don't know. But if we could, then we might be able to put a bearing on that and you might have a problem. But let the location be your guide here. Um, so if it's a dry location, you have no evidence that it's to the contrary, 
then just because it gets wet or whatever temporarily doesn't mean that that you can't continue on with your installation. Again, we're really worried about the ends. Okay, so that's what we're talking about for non-metallic uh, sheath cable or type NMB. Um, and incidentally, just a fact out there: Do you know what the dash B stands for in NMB? That's reminds you that. Even though 334.80 is going to limit your installation to the 60 degree ampacity values in 310.15b16, we're limited to 60. But it does remind you that the insulation that's on the conductors inside that cable assembly are rated for 90 degrees. So that means I can do an adjustment in corrections from 90 degree under 310.15b16, but ultimately I can't exceed the value that's present in the 60 degree column for all of my applications. So Really, all you're doing is making sure that you still have a conductor that is worthy of the load after you do adjustment and corrections. Hey, that reminds me, if you haven't watched our video on adjustment and corrections and how to do all those things in 31015B2A and B3A and what have you, go to our website, watch that video. Granted, it's about two and a half hours of life you'll never get back, but man, the knowledge that you'll get from it will kind of put you ahead of the game when it comes to your other counterparts in the industry. Um, so that's the rule of the day here. Now, once you frame that wall up and everything's done and they put it in and they and they put the gypsum board on it or seal it in, then that's still a dry location. It's intended to be a dry location and it was always going to be a dry location. Okay, So really, it has to do with the ends of the cable, not about incidental moisture or dampness to the actual sheathing of the application. Well, hopefully that cleared it up for you. You have any other questions like that one? I kind of gave you two in one there. Uh, again, if the studs are saturated, you got a bigger problem to worry about than the jacketing of the non-metallic sheath cable. I can promise you that, my friend. Anyway, God bless. Visit our website, uh, which is www.electricalcodeacademy.com or www.masterthenec.com. Uh, you can also get there by going to www.masteringthenec.com if you want. Uh, of course, you got .org and .net for the other ones as well. Uh, go to our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, type Master, T-H-E-N-E-C, or Master the N-E-C, and you'll find us there. Subscribe, and you'll get some updates on our Facebook page. How about this? Watch all our videos that come out, or even listen to some of our podcasts via YouTube while you're in the car. Uh, don't watch them in the car. Listen to the audible, audible versions. And you go to our uh, YouTube and just type Master the N-E-C, or just go to our website, and at the bottom, you'll have links to all of those social media platforms that you can listen to everything. Don't forget our Twitter account, at Master the NEC, again, located from the website. Anyway, thanks for listening. God bless. Until next time, remember to submit those questions at info, I-N-F-O, at masterthenec.com, and maybe you'll get a podcast, or like I call them, a podcast on future episodes. Thanks again for listening. God bless. Until next time, stay safe.